Whosoever is delighted in solitude is either a wild beast or a god. Aristotle. Welcome back to Solitude, the companion podcast to the History Channel's epic solo adventure show, Alone. I'm Doc, and I'm joined by my co-host and fan favorite, Jukebox. Today, we're going to talk about Season 7, Episode 4, titled The Fly. This was a surprising episode for me. How about you, Jukebox? You know what? It was surprising in some aspects, but I think telling in others. Uh, I think, you know, once again... uh, Episode four kind of continues to shape the landscape of our, our competitors. Also, I would like to indicate that episode four, The Fly, also revealed for the very first time explicitly on the show that they are at the Great Slave Lake. So just that's just a little uh, testament to my geography skills in locating this, uh, this location earlier in the season. Confirmation. You are a true super sleuth. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. All right, first things first. Uh, well, actually, before we get to first things first, I think you're exactly right. Things became a little bit clearer for me on this episode. Some, some twists and some turns, and I'm feeling pretty good about my power rankings. We'll get to that uh, towards the end of the show, uh, but um, I, think, I think it's all coming together here. Now, let's get to first things first. Before any of our listeners write in, and even before Jukebox mocks me, I want to address something right off the bat. Last episode, I said that I had noticed a sizable scar and stitches on Keith's neck during the Colby Donaldson after show. Well, I went back, I took a closer look. I also watched the after show after uh, the fly and I was completely wrong. What I thought was a scar was actually the spiral cord of the earpiece he was using during the interview. So it wasn't a scar at all. It was just a cord. The way it hung on his neck, it looked like it was a nasty old scar but I was totally wrong. Admit it. There was no accident. That's why, that's why they didn't talk about it. That's why they didn't address it because there was no scar there. So my bad. Dude, are you a History Channel pawn? What are you trying to get the ratings up, get the, get the fans excited for episode four, acting like Keith's going to get gutted on his neck? Are you kidding me? Well, if that strategy will work in having them give me a shout out on their show or on their Facebook page or on their Twitter account, I'm all about that. I'm, I'm not too proud. Oh, that's ridiculous. I was, I was starting to get a little worried, you know, we'll, we'll get to Keith's antics in the, in the episode, but that was definitely in the back of my mind. Did you go back and look at that? The after show? No, I didn't. So you're just taking my word for it. I thought you were going to look at it. I was No, I was taking your word for it. Well, that'll teach you. Yeah. All right. So with that, let's get down to episode four, the fly. When the episode begins, we have eight contestants left, and by the end, spoiler alert, we will be down to seven. We're going to start off with our one-sentence summary of each contestant's performance on this episode, and I believe we, we have a couple of nicknames still left to assign. That we do, Doc. That we do. Okay. I've got some good ones. We'll, we'll see if you approve, but I think, uh, I don't know, I might be the more clever one of the bunch here, so you might appreciate these. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, here we go. 
This episode starts on day 17, and we're going to go through the, the characters and our summaries in the order that they appeared on the episode. So uh, back from episode two, we've got Mark making a reappearance. So yep. let's, let's start off. Mark doesn't have a nickname. He wasn't on, wasn't on the, the podcast last episode, so we didn't get a chance to, to nickname him. What, what do you have for him? Okay, so this is going to be kind of a random connection here, but I think a connection nonetheless. Okay. If, if you remember in this episode, Mark was seen giving himself a haircut, correct? Correct, yep. And there's a famous Adam Sandler movie where he plays a hairdresser, and it's called Don't You Mess With The Zohan. So my proposition is that Mark's name is Zohan. Zohan. I like yeah. it. Wasn't, wasn't Zohan also uh, have some military background? He definitely, yes, he does have a military background. So I think it's very fitting. I think that's perfect. Mark, a.k.a. Zohan. Don't mess with the Zohan. Okay, what's right. your summary? So my one-sentence summary, I went a little less gimmicky on these ones and just a, a little more uh, straightforward and summary. Okay, so for, I, I went a for, bit more gimmicky with mine, so we kind of sw swapped places. That's probably good for parody. We, uh, so for Zohan, I have... Might have more fish than a most, also vegetarian for a day. Yeah, true. True. I like that. I like caught, that. Yeah, he's caught 26 fish so far, which I feel like is a, it's a big number. Yeah, did you hear the poundage on that? No, what was the poundage? He's got 80 pounds of fish. <laughs> that, I mean, I don't, it depends on how you ration that, but I feel like he's pretty set for a while and he's been smoking it too. He created a smoker. Yeah, I think if you can keep the predators from taking your 80 pounds of fish, you could ration that and make it last 100 days. Yeah, well, a, a pound a day is 80 days, so yeah. maybe a little bit less. Well, yeah, he'll catch other stuff too. All right, you get to your sentence. What's your sentence? Okay, so mine is bubbly guts and another bear. Oh, that's right. I, I added that to my notes at the end here, but another bear pursuit on Mark's end. That's right. And bubbly guts, that goes to your, uh, your, your vegan reference. He goes vegetarian or vegan because his, his, his stomach is so upset by the fish oil, all the fish oil he's consuming, he has to figure out a way to, to dry out. Right, right. He did start eating that, uh, what was it, like the, the timber moss or what was it, reindeer moss? Reindeer moss. Reindeer yeah, moss. Right. Yeah, no smell, no taste, and trying to calm his stomach. Right. What else happened with, with Mark that's worth mentioning? He, you know, one thing I was confused about was he does see that there is a sign of, of a bear, a fresh sign of a bear. And so he actually gets in his camo stuff with bow and arrow and goes to the berry patch. And he's going to hang out there and uh, try and kill a bear. But I thought in one of the earlier episodes, the show producers came on with their little comments in writing and said that, you're, you were allowed to kill a bear only in, in self-defense. Did, did I get that wrong? No, I, I think that's correct. And that's, I think that's the only, I think that's consistent with the fishing and game rules as well. I think you're only allowed to kill a bear if it's, if it's in self-defense. So is his strategy then to put himself in harm's way, wait for the bear to attack him and then, and then kill it? Yeah, well, that's in the famous words of uh, Pepper from uh, dodgeball that's a bold strategy cotton we'll see how that plays out <laughs> definitely definitely all right hey next up is uh, keith cousin it and my summary for that one is bad luck leads to a tap out that's that's true i did 
for Keith, I have, did the rock slime taste better the first, second, or even third time? Uh, yeah. I feel like he regurgitated that a couple times. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. Not when you said first, second, or third. He did. He did. Talk about it when it came up again. The, right. He did eat the rock slime, I think, twice. And then that third time was uh, coming back out of him. Yeah. We, we're we going to have a lot to say about Keith, obviously, because I've, I've, uh, let go with a spoiler here and talked about a tap out. He does tap out at the end here, but he kind of goes through an, an ordeal in getting to the tap out. So um, interested to hear what your thoughts are on what caused the, the uh, massive amount of vomiting that he was going through. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have some opinions on that. We'll, we'll probably get to it later in the episode with the uh, it's one of my key moments. Mm -hmm. I thought he started off strong with, you know, he gave himself a tattoo, the first ever alone tattoo. Right. And he, he, he finished up his gill net and he even dyed his gill net. So it was more watercolor. So it'd be, it would be more dangerous for the fish. They wouldn't see it through the water. I thought that was pretty impressive. And yeah. It first turned. I, yeah, I was, I was skeptical of the whole dye in the fish net until he actually pulled it out of that can. And then it, it looked like a pretty good color to put in the water. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yep. sure how, how well the uh, crow berries were going to like turn it to a, a shade of blue like that. Right, right. It, it came out pretty, looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All right, hey, let's get to Callie. She needs a nickname. What do you have for her? So, Callie, as you know, the clay deposit. My sentence for her before we get to the nickname is kind of a buildup, right? My sentence for Callie is simply clay deposit queen because she really got a lot of clay uh, this episode, as you saw her stash of those clay rolled up uh, spheres. Yes. Um, and so, as you know, there's a famous, clay, famous claymation character by the name of Gumby. So my nickname for Callie would be Gumby. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel good about that. I think that's, I think that's pretty good. I think that captures not only the clay aspect, but uh, some of the other concerns I have for Callie. <laughs> yeah so that was my sentence clay deposit queen that's one thing that stood out to me she also caught a rabbit so in her snare yep i've got i've got my summary down for callie as fun with lungs and clay right the lungs is is a reference to the rabbit that she caught and and subsequently processed and then she showed us a neat trick with the rabbit's lungs yeah, that was interesting. You want to explain that for the viewers and the listeners? Yeah, so she she pulls all of, all of the listeners at this point have watched the episode, right? There's nobody with us right now that hasn't watched the episode. I'm thinking. Yeah, but, they probably paused it. Paused it when they heard yeah, spoiler pause, and then went back. Pause and go back. Look at the lungs. So she carves. Uh, she she she's carving up the rabbit. She's processing the rabbit, and she takes out all the inner organs, and she separates out the set of lungs. And she goes, "You want to see a cool trick?" And she she holds the um, the trachea up to her lips and inflates the lungs to their full capacity, which seems a bit. Um, I'm not sure that I put my lips on a a rabbit's trachea in that situation, but you know they are all a bit. Um, I'm just going to say a bit crazy out there. I mean, you have to be a bit crazy to want to to want to be out there for 100 days in the Arctic Circle. Uh, yeah, living on your own. 
speaking of uh, speaking of long tricks and the History Channel, I'll plug another show from the uh, History Channel, Vikings. And in Vikings, there's a famous technique called the Blood Eagle, um, where if they, if you have been chosen to die by the the Vikings, uh, the Viking clan tribe, I'm trying to remember the name of the leader, but the Blood Eagle is where they will actually hatch it out your rib cage. And then what they will do is they will pull your lungs out of your body um, so that you look like an eagle and that your lungs are your wings. So just another plug for the History Channel. A little graphic there, but. Wow, that was pretty graphic. I may have to put a, a parent advisory sticker on this particular episode. It happened, folks. It happened. All right. Hey, let's go on to our next contestant of the episode. And that was Joel, a.k.a. Timon. Timon. All right. Timon for Timon. This episode, I have a short sentence here. See the rabbit, be the rabbit. Nice. Nice. I like that. He, he, was, he was acting out not only how to be a hunter of rabbits, but also the rabbit's reaction to your, your hunting skills. So he was, he was actually acting out the part of the rabbit, which was interesting. Yeah. What do you have for uh, Timon? I've got twitching rabbits and a pesky fly. Oh, that fly was pesky. Well, before we get into the fly business, because I'm sure we both have some stuff to say there, with, with Timon, one thing that really interested me, and I think might be a, a viable strategy for him in this show, and we might see more, is that he actually talked about his experience hunting in South Africa and about tracking animals' patterns right. rather than being an expert shot with the bow. And I think that that's something uh, you know a lot of other contestants haven't really been talking about their hunting strategies, so to say. Yeah, he was actually making it clear that it wasn't how good a shot you were as much as it was understanding the animals and acting in a way that allowed you to get, get close uh, to the animals without raising their alarms. And so if you act like a big grass eater with not a whole lot of interest in the rabbit, the rabbit is going to act, uh, uh, I'm not going to say comfortable. The rabbit's not going to dart away. Uh, the rabbit's going to be a little bit relaxed and then you take your opportunity when you have it and, and you shoot them when you're, you're fairly close. And that's when he's, he's acting it out. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe our friend Joe should uh, take some notes on uh, how to maybe <laughs> harmlessly approach a squirrel next time in the hole. Yes. Put him at ease. Yeah. I think act the like roles were, the roles were a little more defined for our friend Joe. Yes. They, they each knew exactly what was going on. No, no deception whatsoever by Joe. None, none. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, our fifth character, fifth contestant of the episode, Roland, the thing. The thing. Okay. So for the thing, the only thing I have to say is the gill net is in business. Yes. Yep. And that goes right along with what I had to say. And that's new food, new food source strengthens Roland's odds. Yeah, he really, uh, the episode ending with Roland catching those big fish, I believe a white fish and then a lake trout, right? They, uh, is that correct? That's correct. I mean, that is like, that really put him higher up in my power rankings. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was the major concern was, is Roland going to get some food? And those fish look pretty huge. Yep. Yeah, they were good size. I think he's, he's got, 
Uh, I think he's got a distinct advantage at this point. He's got a solid house. He's got a food source coming in and he's got that right level of crazy to, to stay out there. And Hey, listen, do you hear that? Can you hear that? That is the sound of deep silence as Roland pointed out. That is a sound of deep silence. And so he is comfortable with that deep silence. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to drive him crazy. Like, uh, like others. Yeah, I think the uh, sound effects and the uh, the producers of the, sh of the show did a great job of actually letting that be complete silence because when you when you did hear the pauses in between Roland saying, can you hear that? Can you hear that? It was, it was deafening silence. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hey, good summaries, good nicknames. Let's go on to our three turning points of the episode. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You can start us off. Okay, so I'm going to start off with that, what I think is the most important turning point in the episode, and that was Keith pretending to use the tap-out device to call for pizza delivery. I think that just set him up. I think it was bad juju. Uh, he, he spoke it into existence. I think if he had ignored, if he had ignored that tap-out device, if he didn't monkey around with that, you know, maybe things would have turned out differently. I don't know. I think, I think, in my world, I believe that when you start thinking about stuff and when you start talking about stuff, that stuff seems to pop up. And so to even make a reference to tapping out or trying to fool us, the viewers at home, that he's going to make a, a call to tap out, I think that just kind of laid the framework for something bad to happen to him. Okay. Well, that's a good segue into one of my key moments because I went a little less voodoo superstition and... <laughs> I said that Keith's reliance on rock slime was a key turning point in this episode because I think the second you start to condition your body to eating rock slime like that and then having the mentality that that might have to be a feasible option moving forward, that, that's not good for morale. You know, he was thinking, I'm eating rock slime on day 18. Like, what, like I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to make it 82 more days out here? So do you think it was the rock slime? I, think, I believe it was rock uh, was it rock tripe? I think it was yeah, rock but tripe. When he, when he boiled it down, it was slime. Yeah, so. black rock tripe, yes. So do you so, think it was the black rock tripe that was the cause of his uh, intestinal discomfort? Well, think about the other things he was eating. It was just a squirrel, wasn't it? He ate that squirrel that he caught out of midair. Right. And then he... Uh, no, he, he shot another squirrel, or he trapped another one, remember? He found that's one. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to go back to his history of eating, which probably that's a little too much, but yeah. So in this episode, we saw him eat the black rock tripe and we saw him eat a squirrel. Yeah. I think that his bank lines weren't working. Um, it didn't seem like he was getting anything from the gill net. He wasn't finding anything to hunt. Uh, man, I don't know. I, it had to have been that rock tripe. I, I don't see what else would have made him puke like that. I feel like he would have boiled his water accordingly. It wouldn't have been a bug in the water or nothing like that. Yeah, interesting. I think the show tried to make it seem like um, if you eat the internal organs of a squirrel, there's a chance for bacterial infection. But uh, they really didn't make a reference to it be, possibly being the, the black uh, rock tripe as being the source, but it could have been. Yeah, I don't know. That was just my turning point because I feel like once you start to do stuff like that and you get a little dramatic on day, like these early, early episodes, it's, it's not good news. Okay. So my second turning point, I'm going to turn away from the voodoo as you uh, referred to it. I'm going okay. to go with observable facts. Here you go. 
My second tur- key turning point is the fly. The fly? Why the is this fly. a turning point? I'm curious. It's, it's, I'm curious. It, okay, here you go. Listen and be amazed. So uh, Joel, a.k.a. Timon, was building a door for his shelter. And during the course of that, he said there's a lot of flies out. And we saw him kind of shake his head and go, oh, my God, there's a fly in my ear. This fly had buzzed into his ear and was not coming out. And so uh, Joel did not panic. He was very methodical in trying to solve the problem. First, he was uh, shaking his head, right, to try and get it to come out. Um, then that, that didn't seem to work, so he got some pliers out. He's going to try and, and reach in there and pull it out with pliers. That didn't seem to work. Then he got uh, his headlamp out and put the light in his ear because there's, I guess, a method out there that the bugs will be attracted to the light and follow the light out. That didn't seem to work. And so then he got a syringe and injected his ear. It was a needleless syringe um, and, and put water in his ear to try and get the fly out. And that, that's, what, that's what worked. And so you've got this buzzing thing in your ear. Uh, he thought about calling for help, but then realized that this might cause him to be pulled from the game medically. And so he did not go that route. He thought it through. He went through several different options and was successful in solving the problem. So I think that all bodes very well for Joel. Yeah, you know, I interpreted Joel's little incident with the fly a little a little differently than you, I think. I, uh, I, I kind of – I was high on Joel last week. Um, and I think that your, your interpretation of his ladder and falling down and, like, it being kind of a goofy mistake to make out there, I kind of looked at it as, like, man, this guy has a fly in his ear now. Are you kidding me? He's going to go down because of the fly in his ear? So I kind of kind of made me lose a little bit of faith in in Joel, um, but however, uh, I did appreciate his methodical response to it, and I thought that the first thing I would have done, obviously easy for me to say, but the first thing I would have done was definitely put water in my ear. That's what I was thinking. Well, you're pretty smart then. Yeah, I think so. I, I would have gotten the fly out quicker. I would have been slamming my head against the against the ground trying to get it, get the fly out. Probably got a concussion. A, you would have had a twig in your brain. <laughs> That's interesting how we both interpret these events different ways. I saw the latter as as possibly revealing something about his skills, and you thought it was just a one off. And then uh, in this week's episode, I I see how he dealt with the fly and see that as a positive. And you're like, Oh my gosh, what else is going to happen to this guy? What else? Yeah. I, I, I looked at it as, as a repeat offense. <laughs> right. Very good. Okay. Hey, tell me about your third turning point. Okay. My third turning point. Um, oh, well actually I didn't concur with you on that turning point. Oh, okay. Give me your second then. Go ahead. My second one is Callie's clay pots. Surprisingly. Mm. Uh, I think that anytime you get the opportunity to create, uh, valuable, durable tools out there um, fairly easily. I think that's a huge bonus. You know, they're only allowed to bring 10 things, right? Right. And so when you consider that someone might, may have brought in a pot out there as one of their 10 items and, and take that as valuable and important, well, now Cali is making clay pots that are probably going to withstand just as well for 100 days as those other aluminum pots, you know? I mean, Maybe yeah. not, not the exact same, but I think they'll work. Yeah. So, and it's not like, it's not like you or me 
Uh, not like we were making pots out there because we have no expertise in that whatsoever. She seemed pretty darn knowledgeable about how to make a, a clay pot. First of all, she knew where to find the clay. And then she knew that she needed to add in, you know, water and some grit called temper to strengthen right. the structure of the, of the clay and be able to work with it properly. And then she knew, she knew about this pinching technique, coil and pinching that, that seemed to uh, be very helpful for her, uh, the design of her pots. So, I mean, she, she obviously is very skilled in it and we're starting to see some strengths um, come to the top with her. Right. And once again, you know, not a whole, not worried a whole lot about her shelter yet. Uh, I think she might have a little bit of time left before she needs to start being a little more concerned um, just about making sure it's ready to withstand winter. But it looked like she kind of had a decent setup this episode. Yeah, and I, I'm going back to my notes on, on Callie, and they, they opened up with her working on it. It looked like an A-frame shelter with a tarp. Nothing, nothing, too, nothing like a rock house like Roland has, but, I mean, she's, she's working. She's for, definitely further along than, than Joe is. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And she also has that dream about uh, the turtle. Remember the turtle dream? Yeah, so she's is she, the, the is she the turtle. She might be the turtle, you know. I, I, like we've said before, the show's never had a female contestant who's won. So mm -hmm. I, I think Callie's making a stronger case thing than Kylan right now. Yeah, so. slow and steady wins the race. The turtle, very good. Her, her mentality is, once again, we go back to the multiple interpretations. You can either interpret her uh her lax her relaxation or you know refusal to be stressed out as a weakness or a positive but at this point i'm still considering it a positive you know it seems like she knows what she's doing right okay so my third turning point was that it was a toss-up it was going to be callie in the clay pots or it was going to be rolling in the fish so you you took callie in the clay pots i'm going to go rolling in the fish rolling has got another food source here uh, that is going to work to his advantage, add to his, you know, kind of, kind of fill up that one void that he had so far. And you know, he was going to subsist on, on fireweed root if he had to, but now he's got some fish. And I think if he continues catching a fish here or there with the gill net, I think he is set up for success. Yeah. I actually have that as my third key moment is Roland's gill net. I think that was just the, the major concern, right? And it seems like he's doing well mentally. Uh, for the show's purposes. Um, so I, I think he's on the right track. I think I, I agree with you on that one. Okay, very good. We don't often agree, but when we do, we're good. Yeah, that might bode well for Roland. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Hey, let's talk about moments you may have missed. And I know we kind of limited ourselves to, to three of those, but I've got, I've got quite a few quick things that happened that maybe are our listeners and the viewers out there, maybe they missed them. So, yeah, well, maybe you should start this off then because I think I have a little less, I have, I have a little more conspicuous moments here than probably yours. Okay. So, Keith's tattoo, I'm going to go with Keith's tattoo is, is the first moment you may have missed. I think it was uh, an A7, which is alone season seven. And then he had, he had 25 dots that he put on his tattoo on his ankle. And he was saying that was going to represent the number of days and he put that's three dots too many. He tapped out on day 22. So he's got to find a way to erase three of those dots if he wants it to be accurate. Right. Right. I, uh, I, I think another, am I okay to transition another moment? Absolutely. Another key moment you may have missed is Mark Zohan 
mentioned that his son had his first birthday two days before leaving for a loan. And I think that that, that you, you saw that, right? Yes. Yep. I think that's going to be a huge motivator for him because usually you hear about people tapping out because they're missing a family member or they have a young kid who just had a birthday and they're thinking about those years. But it sounds like, you know, Zohan was able to fit in an important day before going. So I think he may be uh, settled in nicely. Yeah, that's good timing. You know, he's got that military background. And I think right after he said that, he said that he was going to think of this like a three-month deployment. So he's kind of used to being away from the family because of his military background, kind of being uh, uh, in other locations. And so him thinking about this as a three-month deployment, I think it also uh, strengthens that argument that he's going to be just fine. Right. Um, let's see. Let's go to uh, Timon. I don't know if you caught the the comment after, after he was acting out the rabbit. He said, the twitch is normal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I actually <laughs> missed that. That's a good one. <laughs> so he, he portrayed himself taking an arrow as the rabbit, and he's laying motionless on the ground, and then he twitches. And then when he, he comes back up, he says, yeah, the twitch is normal. Don't worry about that. Right. Right. What else? Um... The other ones I have are, I don't think they're moments anyone missed. I kind of just put them in there to make sure people watch them. Just about the bug in the air, Timon's rabbit imitation, Mark's haircut, uh, Callie's snare. I feel like they kind of glossed over Callie's uh, rabbit snare a little bit, but she she's trapping, so not, not, food's not a concern. Mm-hmm. Did you see what Joel was eating with? What, eat, what, what utensils he was using? I did not. He made himself some chopsticks, and he looked pretty adept at, at using those chopsticks. So that, 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 that could be an a, a, uh, uh, insight for us on the trail. We don't need to bring uh, that, that expensive spork. Just make a couple, get a couple of pieces of wood and use, use chopsticks. Yeah, I'll carry the spork then. You can, you can make your chopsticks. <laughs> and also, when Mark was – what was he doing? When he was building the – the, uh, the teepee to house his 80 pounds of fish right in front of his, his shelter there. He had a spool of line with him. So that was obviously one of the items that he brought with him. He's got a lot of line that he was using to use in construction of that teepee. I'm sure he, he's using it to, to fish and to, to do other stuff, but uh, that seemed like a really good resource to have is that big, huge spool of fishing wire. Yeah, once again, they spent a lot of time on the other characters on this show. I feel like I feel like we're gonna see a lot of Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I don't know. I, I hate to jinx him because I said the same thing about Keith last week, but I think Zohan is. Uh, I think he's gonna do well. Yeah, I think you're right there, and we didn't see too much of Roll in this episode either. So I think that's three episodes where we got just a little bit of of Roland. I think he's also gonna be there for the long haul. And we got none of Amos, and I think Amos is probably I, – I think he's, he's created a society out there already. <laughs> hey, a couple of other small things you may have missed. Uh, both Callie and Joel mentioned that it could be just a small thing, a small mistake that takes you out. And lo and behold, we lose Keith this episode to just some, you know, a small piece of bad luck, whether it was the black rock slime or uh, squirrel guts. Right. And then did you also notice that after the fly incident that uh, Joel wore his hat a little bit lower so his ears were covered? 
Yeah, smart. I was I was even curious as to how the the flag got in the first time. It looked like his hat was on pretty covering his ears pretty well already. Yeah, that fly was a dive bomber. He was he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he was on a mission. Yep. All right, that brings us to this week's top achiever. Who do you have? No surprise here, Mark Zohan. I think's the top achiever. Uh, his his uh, fish statistic and poundage and just the uh, continued positive trend we've seen on this show. I I think uh, Mark's on his way to I, uh, to the number one spot in my power rankings as well. I agree with that. Top achiever, definitely Mark. He's got a solid structure for his shelter. He's got 80 pounds of fish. He's got a TP for smoking and storage. He is, he's just rolling along at this point. Yeah, but, you know, this show is crazy. When you're out there, it's survival. So any little thing, any That's little right. thing. Yep, don't forget, both Callie and Joel mentioned it could just be a small thing that takes you out. And who do you have for the – who's captain of the struggle bus this week? Captain of the struggle bus obviously is Keith. Bad turn of events for him. Was it the tripe? Was it the squirrel? Don't know. But anybody that uh, throws up as violently and as many times as he did and having to push the, the tap out button, and even when the rescue team gets there, he's trying to explain to them what happened, what's going on, and he's still throwing up. So he was struggling mightily. Yeah, no surprise, uh, and definitely no uh, no argument here. I, I agree, Keith. Okay, now this this brings us to the interesting part of of uh, each episode: the power rankings. Let's see how closely we are aligned now. Okay, so number one, I already said it. I got Zohan. Mark, is that a agree or disagree? That is an that is agree. Yep, Mark okay. number one. Number two, I think we're going to agree again. After further reflection and maybe even not seeing in this episode helped his uh, rankings a little bit. Amos, I have a number two. Amos is number two in my rankings as well. Wow. Okay. And number three, we have the Rock House owner, Roland, the thing I have at number three. Spot on. Same here. New food source makes him a solid prospect to go the distance. And number four, I have Timon. Thanks to uh, his methodical approach to getting that fly out, I guess. Yep, I had him four last week. I've got him four this week. We are very simpatico at this point. Okay, now, I don't think that this should be a surprise or controversial, but maybe you disagree. Number five, I have Callie Gumby. Gumby is also number five in my ranking. She jumped to number five from that bottom spot after revealing some new skills and catching that rabbit. Yeah, and I also think that Callie's number five for the sole reason that our last two are still yet to uh, be seen as making any progress. Uh, number six, I have Keelan. Yep. Kylan, Keelan. Yep, no change for me. That's it. Yep, and then number seven, Joe. No Bo Joe. Wow, that's some pretty good analysis. We are, we are exactly uh, the same in those rankings. Yeah, and I, I think it makes sense because it's kind of a, it's kind of like the beginning of a, any type of sporting season, whether it's NFL or NBA, and you don't really know how things are going to shake out in those first couple months. And I, I think that the first 20 days on a loan are, are a representation of those you know, feeling out phases. So I think we're going to start to see some consistency with these rankings. I don't know. I'm gonna try, I'm, you know, part of the fun is arguing with you on stuff. So I may, I may take a, a, uh, a position that I know – 
you know, maybe isn't truly reflective of what the power ranking should be, just so I can argue with you. I'll take a position and argue it. Well, you know, Keelan is could potentially jump to number two or or one if if she were to have her bow with that moose last week. So it's it's all variable. We'll see what happens. Yep. All right. So did you uh, did you see the teaser for next week's episode? No, I was kind of in a hurry last night to figure some things out, so I wasn't able to see the teaser. What? Maybe you can uh, give a description. Oh, I was hoping you saw it because I can't remember what it was now. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> Fail. The teaser will be that Amos is making progress that is probably going to blow our minds. So. Okay. You think his stash is still up in the air? Hanging from the I Hanes? I hope so. Yeah, Hanes. It's hanging, yeah. That is a good nickname. It's better than Yogi. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What are your predictions for next week? Next week, I think we're going to see number one. I think we're going to see Roland catch more food, whether that's hunting or fishing. Um, I think we're going to see a major turning point in Kylan and Joe's journey, uh, whether that's a reassurance with substantial food or you know joe finishing this shelter or it could be the complete opposite they we may see uh, uh someone drop out yeah but i'm gonna pr- i'm gonna predict i'm gonna predict two tap outs next week two tap outs wow two tap outs that's what i'm thinking <sighs> yeah i don't know it doesn't look promising for either one of them they don't they're can't catch fish can't hunt can't even get a squirrel so and then i think like I said, Amos is going to be trending upward. And then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. We didn't see a lot of with Timon and food this last episode. I feel like they really didn't focus on that as much as his fly issue. Yeah, they actually started the episode with him saying that he had caught two rabbits with the bow that morning. So he had two oh, rabbits okay. and he was cleaning right. those down by the lake. Um, when oh, he, that's right. That's yep. right. Yeah. So he still, okay. he still seems to be pretty successful there. Yeah, and then uh, I would imagine that Callie is probably going to make some improvements on her shelter as well. Yeah, hey, what are your predictions when we come back to Joe? Are we going to see a completed house that you could list on Zillow, or uh, is it going to be the same uh, two layers of foundation and a couple of of A-frames in the middle? I think it's going to be the latter there. Uh, He doesn't have any food to complete this house. He's got no energy. He's got lower energy than Jeb. Low energy Joe. That might be a better nickname. We'll see. <laughs> that, that, that's premature. We'll have to wait and see. Okay, we'll wait and see. Well, The Fly was a surprising episode, and one of the stronger competitors that we had high hopes for is now out due to some bad luck. Can't wait to see what happens as we progress through the rest of the season. Jukebox, let's uh, finish up with your Orson Welles quote. Do you remember what it is, our, our tagline? We are born alone, we live alone, and we die alone. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Doc and Jukebox out until next week.